This eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time this year is the last Sunday before we enter Lent. So I thought it would be good today to kind of prepare a little bit. I noticed that in our, our second reading today from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, we get this, this beautiful kind of looking forward to the, the joy of Easter, a famous line that he quotes, that death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? These are the, the words that I, I love to sing at, at Easter as we rejoice in the full resurrection of Jesus. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where is your sting? Jesus' resurrection will overcome sin and, and death. But as we enter Lent and try to prepare ourselves to receive these words with greater joy at Easter, well, we, we've certainly got some work to do. St. Paul tells us, where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. I thought we'd look today at, at something that comes up in both our, our first reading, this issue of a, a tree, which is then seen again at the end of our gospel. The idea that our actions, our whole moral life, the things we do, the things we say, well, it, it's as if it's fruit on a tree. We can look at the, the kind of fruit and say, all right, what am I doing? And those are the kind of things that we often, you know, bring to confession. I, I, I did this. I told some lies. I was covetous of something. I was lustful. I acted on it, whatever. That's kind of the, the fruit, the, the end of the tree. Might I suggest that this Lent, we would look more carefully at the, the tree itself that produces the fruit. And, and maybe especially... Uh, the root of that. If we consider ourselves a tree, all right, well, we can start by looking at the fruit. But under that, what, what is it about our tree? What's at the root of all the, the sins that we see as fruit? And for that, I, I'd like today to look at something very traditional in our, our Catholic Church that is part of our, our history, and that is the, the notion of what are, are called sometimes the seven deadly sins or the, the seven capital sins, seven cardinal sins, they, they get these, these names not because they're, they're worse than you know, any other sins. All sins offend God, of course, but rather these get the name, the, the deadly sins or the, the capital sins, the head sins, because these are, these are the things that are at the root. What, all, the, all the other sins are, are fruit, but these are ones that... There, there could be others, but most all sins, we could somehow reduce down to originating in, in one of these seven sins. So I'd like to kind of use the example of one of the, the greatest poets in, in history of the medieval times, and of all time, really, uh, the great Dante Alighieri. He's famous for having written the Commedia, or the Divine Comedy. You will know the, the Inferno, Dante's Inferno. That's the, one of the, the three books. But the second book is called The Purgatorio. And that's where we get a beautiful kind of poetic expression of the seven deadly sins. This is the 700th anniversary of the death of, of Dante. So I thought it might be good to, to use him. A lot of people are familiar with Inferno and, and hell and all the, the people that Dante meets as he goes down to hell. And that's that's a good start. Dante actually wants to start up the Mount of Purgatory first, but he's prevented because none of us can, can start a way of purgation unless we're willing to go down first. 
and, and really acknowledge our sinfulness. No one gets healed until we acknowledge how much we need healing. So Dante goes all the way down to hell and then in a beautiful poetic thing, after he gets down to the lowest point, he actually starts to go back up the Mount of Purgatory as he rises towards heaven. I'd like to look at that, the Mount of Purgatory today because what Dante encounters are different levels of the mountain and seven of them are the seven deadly sins. Now, the, the first one of these that, that Dante encounters is that of pride. And Dante gives these in, in order of seriousness. So we often think when we think, well, what are the most serious sins? Well, we'd probably start with like lust, gluttony, things like that. Dante puts them exactly backwards. He starts with pride. He says, this is the most serious sin. Because to some extent of the seven deadly sins, this is the deadliest because even the other six in some ways flow from pride. This is the disordered looking at myself as being more than I am or deserving more than I deserve. It's not that we shouldn't have a healthy love of self. After all, God created us good, looks upon us with love. So that's, no, no, a good, healthy recognizing that don't have good, good. But in our fallen state, we are incapable of saving ourselves. We are incapable of, of doing any good thing without God's grace first. And the more we puff ourselves up to say, I got this, I can do it all myself. Look at me, I'm, I'm better than all these other people. We, we do this a lot. And so this is the one that Dante says, no, you gotta go through this level first, conquer it before you get to, to anything else. In, in a beautiful sort of way from our gospel, uh, you know, about the, the speck or the twig, the stick in your brother's eye versus the log in your own. As Dante makes his way through each level, he actually gets marked on his forehead with, with seven letter Ps stands in Latin for peccatum, sin in Latin. And as he goes through each level, an angel wipes off one of the, the peas on his face. But notice this, if something's written on your, your forehead, the only person that can't see it is, is you. So, so that's, that's really true about pride. Pride is when we, we look out and we see the world one way. Meanwhile, everyone else is looking at this log in our eyes saying, no, Look at you, buddy. You got a lot of sins to deal with. You just think you don't see it. So pride is the first thing, and the angel wipes away one of those peas. There's envy. Now, envy, as we'll see, is, is different from greed. Envy and greed both have a, a disordered kind of uh, looking at what somebody else has and, and feeling sad about what we have. But envy is, is placed down here on a lower level at more importance because it's uh, like pride and anger that we'll see goes after it. They're, they're, they're violent sins. Envy says, not only do I, I look with jealousy about what you have, I actually want to take it from you or, or destroy it so you can't have it. We see how just opposite God that is. Envy. And we, we obviously struggle a lot with this one too. Then there, there's anger. These first three, I said, they're, they're kind of violent sins against God to seek to destroy. Pride seeks to destroy God's place and put us first. Envy wants to destroy the good that another has. Anger wishes evil upon somebody else. I get so angry that I just, I want bad things to happen to other people. 
I want to get even in my anger. Sometimes this is, is translated as wrath. So I just offer here that anger in this sense is a deadly sin should be distinguished from feelings of anger that come. We, we can't control our feelings. So maybe something bad happens and we feel upset, angry about it. Thomas Aquinas actually says, no, this, this could be good. Anger could be good in the proportion that it is in line with the seriousness of what went wrong. You know, we can be angry that there's war going on in, in Ukraine. Absolutely. That we, people dying unnecessarily. We could be angry about that. But wrath is a deadly sin is, is much more serious because it, it wishes evil upon other people and is disproportionate. A lot of times people come into confession and they'll, well, well, I got angry. I always say that anger is a very dangerous sin to confess because most of the time when people come in and they want to confess being angry, it goes something like this. Father, my husband, he did this and then he did this and he did that. My wife, she did this and then she did that to me. And pretty soon I'm like, um, is there a sin of like yours? You want to confess? You're kind of confessing your spouse's sins. Oh, right, right, right. Um, well, well, I got angry. But you can see why I got angry. Because look at my spouse. They're no good, Father. You know, be, be careful. If, if we're going to confess getting angry, what we really want to be mindful of is like, no, something bad happened, something distressful, whatever. And I, I nourished it. I, I stirred myself up. So I actually wished evil upon that person. That's, that's the kind of sin we want to confess. Not like, oh, something discomfortable happened or I, I got angry, but here's why. No, anger, really get to the root of what that's all about. Is it a disordered, passionate response to something? From there, we move to the, the next kind of triad, and the first of those is sloth or sloth. This is uh, sometimes misunderstood, I think, as, as laziness. It's, it's much more than simple, like, yeah, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, or I don't want to take out the garbage. Or Those are all very worldly kind of minor things. Rather, sloth is laziness about the things of God. To know that, yeah, I, I ought to pay more attention to the, the moral life. I, I ought to read the Bible more. I know I need to go to Mass on Sunday because Jesus gives us himself in the Eucharist, but yeah, you know, I, I just don't want to. It's not that important to me. I, I'll get around to God later. Okay, now we see why this is such a deadly sin, because as soon as we start saying, I don't really need the Eucharist, I don't need mass, I don't, I don't need the church. God and I, we're good. I'm, I'm spiritual, but not religious. And pretty soon you're spiritual kind of, and pretty soon your whole relationship with God is gone. Because either we're moving toward God with our passions being drawn more and more towards God, or we, we mute our passions by just saying, eh, not right now, I'm too busy, too busy. That's sloth, to be lazy about the things of God. Okay, then there's, there's greed. So this is, yes, I, covetousness is another word. Thou shalt not covet with the Ten Commandments. It means I, I want what somebody else has. Unlike envy, I don't, I don't want to destroy it. I'm just, it's a sadness about what I have, and I find sadness looking at the, the good that somebody else has. And I, I wish I had that. that. That's greed. Or just a, a disordered desire for too much of the world's pleasures. And it's deadly because ultimately this world will never, never satisfy us. So... The answer to this is, is thankfulness for what, for what we have. And each of these deadly sins has a, what we might call a lively virtue that goes with it. Here we, 
No, let's be thankful for what we have every day. Make acts of thanksgiving. That counters greed. Then the, the last two are the ones that we often focus on all the time. Uh, gluttony. So gluttony is just a disordered desire for food, drink, pleasure, sex, whatever. That the good things of this world, we desire them in a disordered way. We put things of this world, good as they are, uh, at a too high level and say, I want them as an end in themselves. I want food and it becomes my, my God, as it were. I, I just won't be happy unless I have more and more of the, the stuff and pleasures of the world. There, we, we can see that this is obviously our world right now in, in the West where we have so many material things. We're, we're greedy for more and we're, we're unhappy and gluttonous trying to think more and more and more will help. And it just doesn't. That's the, the deadly sin of gluttony. And then finally, Dante gets to the, the very last level where he, he's, it's the least serious of all the deadly sins. He's been purified of everything else. It's the last thing standing between him and heaven. And that is lust. And, and this is the one that I think we struggle with the most because we think this is the most deadly sin. Because oftentimes the, the sins of lust, especially when we act on them, why they're the most embarrassing. It seems like I just, I just can't control this. I'm, I'm living a life that's out of control. Okay, uh, lust can certainly make us feel that way. And so I often think that, you know, of all the, the passions, like that desire for connection and intimacy and union, not only is that one of the strongest desires we have, that is, that is the one that sometimes makes us most like God because lust is, is just a, the Satan's corruption of the cardinal virtue of love. It, it's taking the greatest thing so our, our hearts are right in, in wanting this. It's just wanting it in a, a slightly disordered way. So God wants to get in there, just purify that out so our love can be pure. And so the, the lively virtue against lust is chastity. To, to practice love, even sexual eros love, in a, a properly ordered way. We can, we can have love, sex, pleasure. We can have food. We can have the stuff of this world. Just is it disordered? Lust, I think, speaks to one that just gets disordered very easily. And so God wants to come in and, and purify it. The other thing with all these other sins, when we admit them and feel shame about them, I think sometimes God allows some of these lighter deadly sins, if you can say that, to get at pride. There's nothing that helps pride and develops humility more than saying like, I am really struggling with gluttony. I don't want to overeat, but I do. I'm struggling with, with lust, pornography, contraception, whatever it is. Those things keep us humble to say, I, I can't do it. I'm not doing it very well. God, help me. And there, when Dante learns that lesson, all the, all the piccata are wiped away and now he flies to heaven because he's not weighed down with the things of this world. I offer that uh, today as kind of maybe a little preparation for Lent, which we're gonna begin this week. You wanna, you wanna look at things you're gonna give up for Lent, things you're gonna take on. Maybe start with these seven capital sins. They're the, they're the root of your tree. Then you can start to see, okay, this time on the internet I'm spending or I'm lusting after this or time at the buffet, whatever. No, no, no. Okay, these, these external fruit, what's, what's the real root of that? And under it, you're gonna find one of these seven deadly sins. Truth is you are a good tree. God made you. You're, you're good fundamentally. There's just this corruption of Satan that's got in there. If we want to be able to sing at Easter, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Well, the sting of death is sin. So let's find it. Let's uproot it from our tree so that we can truly rejoice 
to sing these words of St. Paul at Easter, knowing that we are a good, good tree and we are capable of producing abundant fruit.